Welcome to the Time Management Podcast with me, your host, Abigail Barnes. I'm a productivity coach, global speaker, time management author, and award-winning entrepreneur on a mission to share the 888 formula with the world and to remind you that it's your time. Leave it to me to bring you new time management tips, tricks, tools, and strategies to introduce you to guests, research, and case studies from around the world, and to give you a simple five-step process you can follow to up-level your productivity, achieve your goals, and create a life that exceeds your wildest dreams. I'm so excited that you're here, so let's get started. Welcome to the show. Today, it's you and me, and we are talking all things decision-making and how to make decisions. I'm not sure if decision-making is something for you that's easy, if it's not, but by the end of this episode, I am going to have covered three critical things that I truly believe, once you reframe them, will help you to make decisions like that. So the first is choices. The fact that we do have choices and Perhaps you, like me, were raised with the belief that you just had to make the best of what you had and that that was just life. The second is feelings. So we're going to talk about how to learn to trust your feelings and trust your intuition when it comes to decision making. And again, maybe you are somebody who sort of came from this school of thought that emotions are weakness and trusting our feelings isn't something that can be relied upon. And then the third thing we're going to talk about in this conversation of decision making is normalizing. So when you make a decision, you are doing something generally that you've not done before. So it does feel different in your body, which is why we need to talk about feelings. And it's all layered. So like I've said in the last episodes that we have spent together on our own, every conversation we're having is layering upon layering upon layering concepts, tips, tools, strategies, things that I've learned on my own personal development journey. So if this is our first time hanging out and you know nothing about my story, I would recommend that you listen to some other episodes. But for the context of the conversation that we are having today, I would say that when it comes to decision making, I spent the first 20 years of my life growing up and in education and through religion and through society, friends, family, peers, the people that I was around very much under a belief that there was only one way that the world worked. And that was the way that I had been told, raised, taught. And the people around me believed the same as well. And we weren't strictly being misled by the people who were teaching us. They were just teaching us what they had been taught. But luckily, the world has moved on. And we are now aware that there are multiple different answers to the same question. So for the first 20 years, I had this concept that there was a way. For the next 10 years, I then worked in a career and in a path in different investment management, asset management, hedge fund jobs over the 10-year period. Then in 2012, I had a near-death experience on a work business trip. And since then, at the time of recording this, so depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording this in 2023, my life has been one of personal development questioning everything, reframing everything, reprogramming everything in my mind. So the stroke happened 11 years ago. And for the last 10 years, I have been running my own business success by design training. So that's just to sort of give you a preface 
if this is our first time hanging out. But if it's not, then you will already know most of this from before. So we're talking about decision making. What I want us to very first get clear is making no decision is still making a decision. So there is no way in life that we can just opt out of decision making. It is a part of our lives from quite simply, what would you like to have to eat for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner? What time would you like to eat those meals? Would you like to eat those meals? And if you would, what would you like to eat when you're eating those meals? And there is a choice. It comes down to you and to your preference. So we're talking about three things. So let's start off with this concept then of choices. There are choices. You do have the ability to choose and choose again. And partly we are conditioned that there aren't choices because perhaps there weren't at the time when we were young. So we just accepted then in that period of time, there were no choices and we've never questioned it truly again until now, until now we're saying, but I would like to have choices. And what if there were choices and what would my life look like if I could choose and choose again? And part of the concept of choosing and decision-making where we struggle in the very beginning is a concept of right and wrong, that there's a right choice and a wrong choice. And if we make the wrong choice, then that's it. And if we make the right choice, then that's it. One of the greatest lessons that I've had on the personal development journey for the last 11 years is there aren't right or wrong choices. There are just choices. And there are consequences or outcomes to a choice. But the more I build my own confidence, the more I build my own self-belief in my ability to be resourceful, to handle my life, to be empowered, to deal with problems, the more comfortable I become with dealing with whatever happens as a result of making a choice. And therefore, they're not right or wrong choices. They're just choices with outcomes. Does this make sense? And so it's almost taking away like a threat level that we were programmed with that if you make the wrong choice, that's it. That's the end. You are going to die. And this really is linked into the fight or flight, the rest and digest that was triggered for a lot of people during the pandemic. And this is when we all started to become more and more aware of the chemical processes that are going on inside of our bodies, whether we truly know it or not. So we have choices. And if we don't feel like we have choices, then what would need to happen for us to feel like we had choices? And that's a coaching question and that's a coaching type of conversation where you start to ask yourself and you start to explore the story I'm telling myself, which is taken from the work of Brene Brown. She says, the story I'm telling myself is I don't have a choice, but there's always a choice. And when you take a decision knowing it's my choice and I will handle whatever happens, then you will handle whatever happens. So we've talked in the past about the fact that at the age of 18, I had operations for scoliosis on my spine. And one of the consequences of having this operation was the chance of paralysis. 
Now, I had to make a decision at 18. Was this what I wanted to do, knowing that this could be a consequence? And I made the decision. And thank goodness, there were no side effects like that. But had there been, then I would have found a way to handle the consequences outcome of the situation, like I have for every other thing that has happened to me in my life. And so in the spiritual world, there is this concept of what is happening to you is happening for you to prove that you can overcome what's happened. Now, this is a sensitive area, sensitive conversation, because some of the things that have happened to people are not fair. They're not acceptable on anybody's scale in any way, shape or form, but they've happened. And you're still here to live to tell the tale. And so where I have come to on my own journey with things that have happened that I haven't necessarily wanted to in the way that they have is to coach myself. I overcame it. I survived it. And now I thrive from it. So I have moved from a victim to a survivor to a thriver. And it's possible for all of us. If it's possible for me, it's possible for you. But it is a process. It is a journey. And like I say, it's a sensitive subject depending on what experience you may have had and how recent it is. I am talking to you about a stroke that happened 11 years ago. So this is a lot of processing, a lot of conversations, a lot of personal development, a lot of different therapies, spiritual work in order to be able to repackage it in my brain to create new neural pathways to see it that it happened for me that it happened to get me on the path that I am on today so this is decision making and choices not making a decision is still a decision and it's about trusting ourselves that we can handle whatever happens so then the second area of this decision making is feelings so Feelings are part of being human, but feelings have had a bad rap for a very long time. But to contextualize it from a helicopter point of view, why feelings have had a bad rap. So 100 years ago, what was life like? 200 years ago, what was life like? 50 years ago, what was life like? We don't fully, truly know we know from reading books, we know from, from watching things, we know from secondhand conversations passed on, but different people acted in different ways and then passed it on and passed it on and passed it on. And if you imagine what happens when somebody passes something on, it gets watered down. So when people talk about feelings and when they talk about emotions for 100 years, for 50 years, there wasn't really time for people to have an emotion, to have a feeling. There wasn't really the opportunity for people to have choices. The world had been at war. There was a global depression. So people had to deal with things how they dealt with them. But what happens doesn't need to continue. And what happens and what happened doesn't make it acceptable going forward. We are now sort of more aware of the power of emotion. So then we can use our emotions more 
successfully to create the lives that it is that we want to be living or not. It's a choice. But when you understand that you are creating your feelings by the story you're telling yourself about how you feel about what has happened, nobody is holding a gun to your head and saying, you need to feel this, you need to feel that. They may have raised you to be like that, but you have a choice to change. Now, is it simple? Yes. Is it easy? No. Most of the conversations that we're going to have during our time together on these episodes are pushing the boundaries of what you believe is possible, what perceptions you have about things, the perspective. But like I will keep saying over and over again, since my awakening near death, I now understand that there is a different way of seeing life. I was given, gifted if you like, on that day, a new perspective that while we are still here, we have the chance to start over. So my intention with these conversations is to give you that gift, the opportunity to start over without the pain of a stroke, without the drama of a stroke, all of the side effects of a stroke. Because when you change the way you look at things, everything is going to start to change. So the third area around decision-making We're normalizing. And so normalizing comes with the fact that you have taken an action outside of your comfort zone. So let me give you an example. So we've talked about the fact I have scoliosis, I have titanium rods in my spine that have been surgically screwed into my spine to support my spine. I decided earlier this year to join a yoga studio and to go and do yoga classes. Now, when I told my physio who I see for my scoliosis, he was happy, but not happy. He was happy that I was doing something that was good for my mental health. So the movement that I do on a daily basis to move my body, I find it very meditative, very mindful, and I find it very helpful for my mental health. But some of the postures and poses are not going to necessarily be good for the long-term health of the body that I have. Because it's screwed together, other parts of my body are overcompensating, which means that they are being used more than some parts. So the physio is to help me to strengthen the parts I'm not using. The yoga is just making me strong and helping my mental health. But for the context of this story then, normalizing So I never would have said that I was a person who practiced yoga every single day. But lo and behold, several months later, I now practice yoga every single day. And for me, moving my body in a yoga format has just become normal. But at the start, a hundred lessons ago, a hundred hours ago, it wasn't normal. And the first class I went to, I was huffing and puffing. And if you understand anything about yoga, when I say I couldn't hold one of the main postures, which is the down dog, I couldn't hold the down dog for more than a couple of seconds. Now I can probably hold that posture for 30 seconds and breathe through it. So it's become normal for me. The other thing, when I first started going to the classes, I chose a specific part of the studio to 
put my mat out and that's where I was going to be. It was just for reference sake, the back right side of the studio. I don't know why, but that was just the place that I felt comfortable. But all the time I was there, there was a part of me looking at the other people, noticing that the front left of the studio was where the strongest people were practicing. And something registered in my subconscious because after maybe seven or eight classes, I then started putting my mat in the front left position in the class. And that has just become my normal to the point now where if I'm not in that position, the teachers notice, oh, you're in a different position today, a different place within the class. And for references sake, depending on the time you get to the class before the class will depend on how busy it is in the studio and what space you can get. So sometimes if I have been busy with work and I don't necessarily get to the class with enough time, I might have to take a different position. But I have made it normal to always be at the front of the class. And at the beginning, I was at the middle of the class. And then one day, I arrived maybe a couple of minutes before the class started. There wasn't that much space. I had to put my mat at the back of the class. I felt the energy. I felt the difference because I had normalized being at the front. That's just who I was. It didn't feel normal to me anymore to hide at the back. But at the start, it did. And I share this story because there might be things in your life didn't feel normal, that maybe still don't feel normal. But the more you do them, the more normal they become. Even for me, recording this podcast for you, every time I do an episode, every time I interview somebody, it is becoming more and more normal. But I haven't fully normalized it yet. And this is the exciting thing about life. And this is the exciting thing about our ability to make decisions and almost our privilege to make decisions because there are some people who maybe don't have as many opportunities as we do, as many chances to make a decision in a different way to, to decide and to decide again. And perhaps this is partly where the narrative comes from. If you are looking out at the wider world of what is going on, they don't have the opportunity to make decisions. But that doesn't mean that we don't take advantage of the opportunity that we have, because everybody is here for a different reason and to do a different life path, dharma, purpose, whatever you want to call it. You will never be able to deny yourself enough to make the people who are denied feel better. If you have been given an opportunity, use it. Use it, thrive, and then send the boats back for them. Use it, thrive, show people the path. Use it, thrive, become who you came here to be. Be the light. So I'm excited to hear what you take away from this week's conversation. And I look forward to seeing you again on another episode. Until next time, my friend, stay safe, stay well. And never forget, it's your time. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to let me know by leaving a review so I can keep 
the good stuff coming. Come and say hi on Instagram at Success by Design Training or visit my website, successbydesigntraining.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search Abigail Barnes. Until next time, don't forget, you are amazing and it's your time.